you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. G Suite by Google Cloud is a suite of cloud-based productivity tools that includes Gmail, Docs, Slides, Sheets, and Drive. You can make real-time updates to the same document without having to keep track of multiple versions. And since all the tools are cloud-based, your whole team can access the same document and work on the same page at the same time. Make it with G Suite by Google Cloud. To find out more, visit gsuite.com. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. What's up, everybody? DJ Bucky here. New episode of Move the Sticks. Buck, how you doing, man? Man, I am good. I am excited to uh, talk about the pod. A lot of good things. Um, in fact, I'll just run down what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about your list of the top 25 rookies. There's some guys that are playing out of their mind as first-year players. Uh, pressure cooker. Teams that need to get a much-needed win. We're talking about a bunch of the teams with 1-3 records and 0-4 records. And finally, we're going to look at some of the big games that are on the schedule, uh, some big games. We'll determine a lot about the pretenders and contenders this weekend. Uh, no doubt. Uh, I'm excited to, to jump in here. Looking at your, your college picks, I'm sneaking ahead, Buck, man. You, gosh, you, there's no fear. You have absolutely no fear when you get to the college picks. We're going to have some fun with that a little bit later on uh, in the episode. But let's start off here. Top 25 rookies, uh, I do this, I did it, you know, preseason, I'll do it every quarter of the season. So this is kind of the quarter poll and identify the top 25 guys. Now, keep in mind, I, I see as many of these players as I can watching tape each and every week. Yeah, there's no way to get to every rookie. So there's other guys are going to emerge and pop <laughs> up as we come along here, Buck, a uh, little uh, disclaimer there. But from what I've seen, uh, this is my list. And, and I'll start, you know, we're going to do a video where we're going to go through and, and show some tape and analyze this. You can check that out, nfl.com slash mtsvideo and, and youtube.com slash nfl for that. Um, that one I think we work backwards, but there's no need to be a spoiler here. Let's let's give the good folks what they want and start right at the tippy top of the list. And number one rookie through the first quarter of the season is a player buck who was not a first-round pick. Uh, Darius Leonard, early second-round pick for the Indianapolis Colts, has been nothing short of spectacular. I mean, he's everything that we thought. When we watched him at the Senior Bowl, we knew he was a playmaker that could make plays from sideline to sideline, could come downhill. And for being a guy that was a small school player, he stood out amongst uh, in a game that was really full of giants. Um, he has been the same player going to Indianapolis, put him right in the middle of the defense. He has made all the plays. He's disruptive. He's destructive. He does a great job of setting the defense and making the plays that are there to be made. Darius Leonard, look, I know they took Quentin Nelson in the first round, but you could say that Darius Leonard is the best player on the team right away outside of Andrew Luck. Yeah, he's been he's been phenomenal and uh, definitely on his way to earning a Pro Bowl berth. The guy right behind him, another one on his way to earning a Pro Bowl berth, and that's uh, that's Derwin James with the Chargers, who's just been all over the field. We talk about him every week on here. I get the uh, the pleasure of watching him live each and every week, Buck. He can play high as a free safety. He's at his best when he's down in the box. He is a phenomenal blitzer. He's a tempo changer. I went back and watched that tape against the 49ers. And not only do you see him, you know, blitzing, you see the sack, you see the big hit at the end of the game, another blitz where he jumps up in the air and bats a ball down. He's in underneath coverage, and he drops back underneath a corner route 
uh, high points and knocks the ball down. I mean, he's literally all over the field, has been as advertised there for the Chargers. He's number two on the list. Look, he's been spectacular. He is the player. We've talked about it multiple times on the podcast. He is the player that you liked all the things. He checked off all the boxes in so many areas. Uh, height, weight, speed, it was a check. Uh, when it came to his football character, it was a check. The only thing that you really couldn't check off was the production because he has some up and down years. And that last year at Florida State, he didn't necessarily dominate the game that you way that you liked, but you knew you could bank on the potential because all the other stuff was right. We are seeing that now that he's dropped into L.A. Chargers defense, he is everything that we thought that he could be in even more. I'll tell you what's going to be a good 30 for 30 one day is to go back and look at the talent on that national championship Florida State team and just look at the defensive talent in that group when you start looking at the Telvin Smiths at linebacker. Uh, you saw uh, Derwin James, obviously, who we're talking about here, Jalen Ramsey. Uh, you had uh, uh, Ronald Darby. You had P.J. Williams, who's a, who's a good player uh, on that team. I mean, it was loaded. Then you flip over to the offensive side and you look at what they had uh, with Devontae Freeman and company. Oh, man, that was a, we were there, Buck. We saw it firsthand. That was a loaded roster. I mean, they just have done a really good job of, of developing that crew and that core of players, and the top players from that, those teams have gone on to have success in the National Football League, which is what you expect from Florida State guys. You expect them not only to have a program that is at the top, but you expect them to produce some of the top pros. They've done that. Those guys on defense have been uh, spectacular. I mean, remarkable. Jalen Ramsey, Derwin James, and the list goes on and on. Those guys certainly lived up to the hype that surrounded their name. Tim Jernigan was the dominant player on that defensive front. Uh, man, was it Mario Edwards was on that team? It was a, it was a loaded group. Uh, number three on the list, and we'll go a little bit faster after we get outside the top ten here. But Calvin Ridley and his six touchdowns, Buck, puts him right there in the top five at number three. You know, Calvin Ridley surprised. Like there weren't a lot of people that were necessarily viewing him as the consensus number one playmaker wide receiver. In fact, he wasn't the first wide receiver taken. DJ Moore had that honor going to the Carolina Panthers. But what I liked about Calvin Ridley when I watched him on tape uh, when he was at Alabama, he was an outstanding route runner. And I think we've talked about this. The one thing that you can bank on when you're drafting a first-round guy, route runners always find a way to make plays. And so when you're evaluating the wide receiver position, look for guys who are polished when it comes to route running, who have all the tricks of the trade. They can find a way to consistently get open. Value that more than athleticism. And Calvin Ridley, you have a guy that plays like a veteran. I compared him to our own Reggie Wayne when he was coming out. And maybe that's lofty in terms of what Reggie Wayne was able to accomplish in his career. But Calvin Ridley already has six touchdowns in four games. Um, he has been a guy on the other side of Julio Jones that has given them uh, some juice. And so Matt Ryan already has developed a comfort level. That's the kind of production you want to see from your first-round pick. He has done it right out the gate. He's been a dominant player. No doubt, and and we've seen recently rookie wide receivers and first-round wide receivers have a tough time initially to make that impact. We've seen guys, the Cooper Cups outside the first round, the Juju Smith-Schuster outside the first round, uh, and last year's group have success. Now, those second-year players, now this, we're talking about rookies here, but those second-year players, Mike Williams, Corey Davis, they're starting to come along, but immediate impact is made, you hit it, by route runners, and he is an outstanding route runner. Was it Alabama, and so far we see the same thing there with the Atlanta Falcons. At four and five, I've got two Cleveland Browns flipped in the order they were selected, though. Denzel Ward at number four and Baker Mayfield at number five. Unbelievable. Denzel Ward, um, he's a guy that came in, and when you talk to the people up there, they say, look, they believe he could be a lockdown corner because you asked him, man, why would you take a corner over a pass rusher? That's 
um, not the traditional method of doing it when you're doing a team building. They're like, but we think this guy's special since we've had him in. He has the ability to really lock down, and we think that he's going to be one of those premier corners that can travel, can lock people down, and completely shut down one half of the field. Well, I'm going to say this. Those guys were right because he has been everything that you could hold for as a top five pick. He's been dominant. He's got his hands on the ball. He's created turnovers. He's tackled. All the things that you look for in a corner being complete, he is a complete player on the island. Speed, toughness, instincts, ball skills, uh, checks every single box. He, he's been uh, outstanding so far for the Cleveland Browns and looks like a great pick. And then with Baker Mayfield at number five, uh, he's given him – we use the word. You always talk about hope. He, he provides hope. He said that about Mahomes the other day. He said the same thing about Baker Mayfield. Every time you take the field with Baker Mayfield, you've got some hope because he is a playmaker. He can make every throw you want to make. He can play inside and outside the pocket. Um, now, look, there's been some mistakes here. There's decision-making, maybe a little bit ultra-aggressive. You can rein that in. Uh, but, man, I, I like the way he attacks the field. This is a no-fear mentality, the way he plays a quarterback position, and, man, it's fun to watch. He brings the juice. Um, I think when I looked at him that Thursday night, the one thing that I wrote down on, on, in my notebook, man, he has the sauce. And I think everyone talked about the sauce. The sauce is nothing more than the it factor. He added at Oklahoma, but you were like, man, can he really take that swag and confidence? Can he infuse that kind of energy into a pro team? Yes, he can. Because the Cleveland Browns look like a dif- different offense when he is at the helm. And even though he had four turnovers against the Oakland Raiders, you don't like to see that. The one thing that he is, he's fearless. And that fearlessness allows him to make plays that they weren't making early in the year because Tyrod Taylor was being ultra conservative with the football. You're seeing the playmakers get involved. That's helping the running game because now you have to fear the passing game. All things are trending in the right direction for Cleveland. They just need to learn how to finish games in the fourth quarter. That is their biggest issue. No question. Uh, at number six, Saquon Barkley. Um, look, we, we knew what he was, Buck, with the height, weight, speed he brought to the table, the explosiveness, the versatility. We've seen him be very involved in the passing game so far. Uh, they are not great up front along the offensive line, but he's been really good. Now, he hasn't he hasn't set the, the world on fire yet, but I think that's a little bit more about his surrounding uh, than, than what he is. He's, he's been solid. I would say he had been spectacular, Buck. We've seen some spectacular moments uh, but just a real solid effort so far. That's why I have Saquon Barkley at number six. He has been solid. Um, I think some of his issues in terms of not being as productive can go back to the quarterback, Eli Manning, but that's another story that I'm sure we'll tackle in the coming weeks. <laughs> but Saquon Barkley is as good as advertised. We thought that he potentially was the best player in the draft based on what he brought to a team as a runner-receiver. He has shown that ability. Uh, the biggest thing for the Giants is they got to find a way to continue to get the ball in his hands so he can impact the game. So we also can alleviate the pressure on Elder Beckham Jr. and some of the other guys on the perimeter. No doubt. At number seven, Minka Fitzpatrick. Uh, you see him primarily as a nickel down there with the Miami Dolphins. And just, what you know, what we knew. Again, th- there's no shock here. We knew he was a really good player, very heady player, always where he's supposed to be. Um, he's just reliable, dependable, steady Eddie. That's Minka Fitzpatrick. That is Minka Fitzpatrick. He is, he is that. He is solid. He's going to get you from point A to point B. Um, I kind of call him the Honda Accord. Uh, shameless plug, even though they're not sponsoring our program. But <laughs> he is. Like, he, he's, he's, he's dependable. You know that you can put him in the game. He's going to be exactly where he's supposed to be. He's going to be solid. You can trust him. He's going to be disciplined in detail. All those things are what you like from a first-round pick. I've heard you talk about it. In the first round, it's not necessarily about hitting home runs, but you can win a lot of games hitting singles and doubles. He no is doubt. a double right in the gap all day long. He's going to be a good player for a long time in this year. In this league. A lot of times, 
those doubles end up being home runs in time. But a uh, very high floor there for Minka Fitzpatrick. Another player in the secondary right behind him, Dante Jackson, who I felt like we talked about him a lot in the run-up to the draft at LSU. Ultra, ultra explosive. Didn't understand how he was used at LSU his last year there, Buck. They played him in the slot, but played him way off. Um, it's kind of a tough spot to be in. Uh, he's He's been outstanding so far early in his NFL career, getting his hands on some footballs. He has been. My biggest issue with Dante Jackson coming into the draft was he going to be big enough to hold up on yeah, the outside. Um, in Carolina, Carolina requires their corners to be very active and involved in the run game, and he has not shot away from the contact on the edge. And so for some, somebody who's 175, 180 pounds, uh, you wondered would they throw their body in there? Well, he has been willing, and it has really helped that defense. The Carolina defense is kind of funny because when you look at them, uh, the front seven has a lot of stars, but in the back end, they're just kind of like some unheralded names. These guys do a good job of making tackles, being uh, solid in the run support game, while also being able to provide some solid coverage in the back end. No question. And rounding out the top ten, Royce Freeman and Philip Lindsay, um, the rookie uh, two for running one. back duo there, a little two-for-one special there with the Denver Broncos, a little, uh, a little thunder and lightning there. Uh, the combination of the two has been outstanding. I mean, they've been terrific. Uh, I mean, this is kind of what you expect uh, from a Royce Freeman. You, we thought like Denver has had success drafting running backs outside the first round and having guys to compete. And I had a crush on Royce Freeman because I thought he was underutilized during his time at Oregon. His ability to run, he can catch the ball out the backfield. I thought he'd be a dependable banger going in between the tackles. Phillip Lindsay is the guy that has been the surprise to me. Uh, you just didn't know if a guy his side could really – handle the load and he has been able to handle the load give them production he's been a nice compliment to Royce Freeman and unlike you would think in most situations where the smaller back can come in he just does the scat back things no he sticks his head up in that he goes inside he is effective and I think the Broncos have a nice one-two punch with their rookies handling the workload no doubt uh, I'll just run through the list here I'll get you through the top 20 you can figure out the uh, you can find the final five there uh, NFL.com for the entire list. So uh, at 11, I have uh, I have Will Hernandez, who's done a nice job for the Giants there up front. Fred Warner comes in at 12, linebacker from BYU, who I saw last week with the 49ers, who's very instinctive. He's been all over the field, teaming up with uh, Reuben Foster to give them a nice little tag team there. Uh, Nick Chubb uh, got the one big game. You saw that against the uh, the Raiders last week. But I love what uh, what he's what, the way he's trending and what we've seen from him uh, there with the Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Browns are very well represented on this list. Uh, Bradley Chubb at 14. He's the third Bronco there in the top 15. Roquan Smith at 15 with the Bears and that nasty defense. McGlinchey, another 49er. They're well well represented there at 16. Sony Michelle, the one big game we saw last week uh, for the Patriots. Christian Kirk at 18. Mo Hurst at 19 with the Raiders. Been very disruptive. Sam Darnold comes in at number 20. Uh, again, with Sam, it's you know, just watch each and every week. He's going to learn. He's going to grow. But I have seen some good things with what he's got to work with. He's going to be fine. Um, and, again, this is not saying how we would redraft these players. This is based solely off performance from what we've seen in the first quarter. So that's a top 20 buck. You can find the the remaining five names there at NFL.com. I mean, it's a nice list. There's some nice playmakers. And then those final five, I mean, we have a couple of uh, our favorite guys. So you want to go check out that list. But um, I've been really impressed with this rookie class. Um, I know – people old school guys traditionalists give uh the new generation a tough time calling them soft saying that college football is not preparing them for the pro game but as the nfl game is trending more towards and beginning to evolve and look more like the college game i think we're seeing guys that can come right out of the college game and come and make immediate contributions and i think the thing that we will have eventually we have to have the discussion about the rookie quarterbacks and how the rookie quarterbacks are being able to 
come in and, and, and compete. And a lot of times we mm-hmm. talk about young quarterbacks during the process. We talk about, oh, they need to have a redshirt year. They need more time to develop. And I believe that that is kind of going out the window. I believe now the pressure is on the offensive coordinators and the play callers to find a way to create a game plan, a playbook that fits the talents of what they were able to do in college while also bringing them up to speed with some of the NFL stuff. I think more and more people are going to put the pressure on the coach, not the player, uh, to get up to speed to be able to have success. One interesting note before we move on. This is a, a fun topic, Buck, about the benefits of playing right away versus sitting. Interesting. If you look at the two, probably the would be the vote getters number one and number two in the MVP race. Pat Mahomes did get that that did get that redshirt year mm-hmm. uh, for the Chiefs. Played one game, started that last game, and then Jared Goff did not start off right away. He got some time to learn there in that first year as well. So all these rookies this year thrown in really early. Um, so again, we we can we can show how it's worked both ways, but it is interesting that the two guys, the two young quarterbacks, playing better than any other young quarterbacks, did get a little bit of time there uh, to sit and learn. So. Uh, different different uh, philosophies there, uh, no doubt. All right, uh, that's uh, that's the top 25 uh, rookie list. Again, you can check out the rest of it, NFL.com, for the final five and a little analysis there as well. And be sure to check out that video we have where we, uh, we break down these guys. Oh, yeah, you hear that music. It's a little pressure cooker music is what we've got right there, Buck. And uh, we're talking <laughs> about teams that are winless or only have one win. So they're under 500. So there's a little bit of pressure this week to get this thing turned around. So we've identified those teams and uh, going to see what we need to do to, to get this thing done. going to kind of identify the one key for them to get a much-needed win. Are you ready to roll? I'm ready. Let's get it. Broncos at Jets. All right, Buck, we've got Jets 1-3. The Denver Broncos are 2-2. Two and two, So we're focusing here on the New York Jets trying to find that second win. What is the key for this football team? Uh, I think it's all about helping Sam Donald. Um, it's about the young quarterback. It's about giving him the kind of help that he needs. And some of that help can be in the play calling. I think they need to be a little more aggressive on first down. The ball has to come out quick. Allow him to play ahead of the chains. Uh, too often we talk about young quarterbacks. We need to run and establish the run. And that is great. But a lot of times we need to come out and kind of play from kind of back to front, meaning think about throwing early, then get to the running game late, allow him to throw against favorable looks. Uh, think about the Jets using a Blake Bortles approach, meaning when the Jacksonville Jaguars try and get him on track, they throw a lot of check downs on early downs, get to second and forward, then they can have those mixed downs where it can be run or pass. I would like to see the Jets play like that because when Sam Donald is able to play like that, I think he can still be very, very effective despite his inexperience. Yeah, and it does not get easy, man, for him. He, it seems like he every week they're playing a big-time defense. Coming off Jacksonville, now he faces Denver. Um, he's got some other big-time defenses lurking here in the future. I, I would say early down, you talk about throwing early downs, I'll say taking some shots early downs. Try and get some chunk plays on those early downs. Play action, push the ball vertically. Uh, but, man, you do not want to find yourself in a lot of third and longs versus a Denver Broncos pass rush. So that, that does concern me a little bit there uh, if they're going to find a way to get that done. Jets desperate to find their second win of the season. Titans at Bills. Okay, Buffalo Bills, Tennessee Titans. This game is at Buffalo. Buffalo is 1-3, trying to desperately get to 2-3. and three. What do you think the biggest key for them to get a win? Well, it's Buffalo trying to find that second win, Buck. They, they've got to find a way to get their quarterback going. We talk about it with Sam Darnold. Same thing here with Josh Allen. 
And I look for him running the ball early. The Tennessee Titans are not going to run away from you on the scoreboard. They, they play like to play those kind of muddy, nasty games. So control the clock, run the football, and run the football a little bit with Josh Allen. I know you don't want to put your quarterback in a situation where he's going to get dinged up, but Josh Allen is big. He is physical. I'd like to see some more designed quarterback runs here to get him loose. I would like to see them take the same game plan that they used against the Minnesota Vikings where we talked about them playing um, kind of like Wyoming football. We saw them run some zone reads. We saw him get some swings, some keys, uh, some bubble screens, uh, got the ball out of his hands quickly. He saw the ball go in the basket early, and I think it gave him a lot of confidence. Uh, the first 15 plays for the Buffalo Bills are really, really important because I think Josh Allen feeds off of how he plays during those first 15, try to set him up for success early, and I think he can ride that confidence throughout the rest of the game. Ravens at Browns. All right, Cleveland is uh, is one two and one, taking on the Ravens, the three and one Baltimore Ravens, who are coming off a big win over the Pittsburgh Steelers. So the key for Cleveland in this game to get that second win, man, they've been in every single game, Buck. Uh, but to me, it's going to be about getting home with your pass rush. Uh, we know what they have up front with Larry Ogunjobi. We know what we have with Miles Garrett. Uh, it's time for you to pick, take over a game, a dominated football game like they did against the New York Jets in their, their previous victory, they got to find that same formula again. They've got to find a way to do what Pittsburgh couldn't do, and that's heat up Joe Flacco. The funny thing is I wrote in my notes, focus on the finish. They have to win the fourth quarter. In the fourth quarter, um, like a baseball game, that's when the relievers come in. And for me, the relievers are the pass rushers. I need to feel the impact of Emmanuel Agba. I need to feel what Miles Garrett can do in those situations because in the fourth quarter, they need to be able to slam the door on the Baltimore Ravens. It is important that they make Joe Flacco uncomfortable. This is a game where the front four has to win. If they win up front, I think they win the game. Cowboys at Texans. So now we go to Texas. We have Houston dealing with the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, Dallas is sitting there at two and two. Houston is one and three. What do you think the key is for the Houston Texans? Well, I think they just bottle up what we saw last week, which was Deshaun Watson kind of getting back into his rhythm again, getting him comfortable, uh, spreading the football around, which is nice to see. But it comes down to the other side. They've got two dudes that can take over and dominate a football game, and Jadavian Clowney and J.J. Watt, and that's exactly what they did last week that is the formula for them we finally see these two guys healthy on the field at the same time and there's a lot of destruction uh, to be had there now this Dallas Cowboys offensive line is not where it has been Buck but we saw them playing a little bit better last week kind of finding their rhythm so this is going to be strength versus strength right there at the line of scrimmage yeah right at the line of scrimmage this game has to be won in the trenches when you looked at how the Dallas Cowboys were able to play they would play the way that they need to play, which is control the ball, give the ball to Zeke, let the offensive line kind of do their deal, and to manage and slow down the tempo of the game. For the Houston Texans, they have to be able to do the same on both sides. When on offense, their offensive line needs to play better, control the pass rush so Deshaun Watson can play his game. And then defensively, I need this defense to stand up. I need J.J. Watt. I need Devian Clowney. I need those guys to really um, make their presence known in this game. For the Texans, it's all about the trenches. If they get good trench play on both sides, then they have an opportunity to get their second win. Colts at Patriots. All right, big game coming up tonight. This is a rivalry that goes way back, and according to GM Chris Ballard, the rivalry's back on uh, there for the Indianapolis Colts. That great soundbite from him after the Josh McDaniels thing. It didn't really end up happening. So you got Indiana, Indianapolis 1-3 and three taking on the Colts, or the Colts taking on the 2-2 two and two 
New England Patriots, Buck, in a big Thursday night tilt tonight. What do you think the key is here for the Colts? It's a it's an uphill battle for them to try and find their second win in this one. Uh, it is an uphill battle, but um, I think we, I like what the Indianapolis Colts have been doing with Andrew Luck. A lot of quick passes. The ball is coming out. Um, he is gaining confidence in his arm, being able to make plays. Uh, the thing that they have to add to it now is a little balance. They have to be able to run the football a little bit so they can kind of dictate the terms. And against the Patriots, you don't want to give – Tom Brady the ball a lot, even though that offense hasn't been explosive. We saw them kind of find their way. This is a game where the Colts want to play it on their terms. A little more balanced attack. I would just like to see them get up to 25 rushing attempts. Whoever's running it, however the combination is, if they can get up to 25 rushing attempts, I think that is enough balance to take some of the pressure off Andrew Luck. That would be the key to the game, in my estimation. And remember, uh, tonight, uh, this Thursday night football game is going to be a fun one to watch. You can catch it uh, on the Reimagined NFL app. You can now live stream your local games and get all the primetime games live right on your phone along with all new Game Center for breaking news, highlights, stats, and real-time insights from around the NFL or for your favorite team, download the NFL app. So I would encourage you to get that done. Raiders at Chargers. What do you think the biggest a key to this game for the Oakland Raiders? Oh, finish. I think you used that word a little bit earlier. Uh, Oakland Raiders are – they love to carry leads into the fourth quarter. Uh, they've just got to find a way to finish. Now they're able to finish in overtime. Maybe a little bit of help there from a couple friendly calls there against the Cleveland Browns, but they found a way to close it out and get the game over with, and that'll be interesting against this Chargers team. Can they finish? Can they go on the road? Which, look, there'll be plenty of, of, of Oakland uh, fans there, a big fan base there in Los Angeles as well. Uh, so it, it'll be a, it'll be interesting to see – what they do at the start of the game, can they keep the game um, in contention, what they've had no problem doing, but can they finish once you get to the very end? And some of that you can say on both sides of the ball. Now, Marshawn Lynch with what we saw last week, that's a finisher. Uh, be able to put the ball in his belly, run like he did last week. That's how you close out a football game with a guy like that. So he'd be the one key I would keep an eye on to be their closer. He is the closer. It's funny. I put down closers. You talked about Marshawn Lynch being the closer. I'm going to talk about someone emerging as a pass rusher. Bruce Irvin, Arden Key, somebody has to be able to close out games Mo Hurst. In, in the fourth quarter. They need one of their young guys, and they put a lot um, of weight on a lot of trust in those young guys, Key and Hurst in particular. Those guys need to find a way to be able to knock the quarterback around in the fourth quarter. We have seen this league is evolving into a 7-on-7 league. The only way you can win games is you have to be able to affect the quarterback. They need their pass rush to be able to do it. You talked about Marshawn Lynch being able to shrink the game. I need the pass rush to be able to close the game. Giants at Panthers. All right, the most disappointing team in the NFL. Uh, Bucky reluctantly agrees. <laughs> the Giants at 1-3 and three, taking on the 2-1 and one Carolina Panthers. The Panthers coming off of a bye. It's a good football team, a rested football team. What do the Giants have to do to try and uh, knock off the Panthers, Buck? they got to get the ball out of the hands of their most explosive weapons. Saquon Barkley, Odell Beckham Jr. At the top of Pat Shermer's sheet, it has to be get the ball to 26, get the ball to 13. Collectively, collectively, those guys need to have 25 to 30 combined touches. Because if they touch the ball that much, that means they're having that kind of impact on the game. For Saquon Barkley, it's easy to get him to 20 to 22. It's harder to get Odell Beckham Jr. in the game with 8 to 10 touches. But that's why they pay Pat Sherman the big bucks. They have to find a way to script some plays where he can touch the ball and have an impact. He gets 8 to 10. That typically is going to put him over 100. I put this on. Pat Shermer, Eli Manning, figured out. Number 13 has to touch the ball, and when he doesn't touch it, it needs to go to 26. Packers and Lions. Detroit, Green Bay. Matty P has to get his team another win. 
How's he going to do it this weekend? Yeah, you got a one and three football team right now, and you've got a Green Bay Packers team, which the scary thing is they're not clicking right now with the Packers, but you're starting to see Aaron Rodgers move around a little bit better. So the challenge is going to be there for the Detroit Lions. You still got to find a way to corral Aaron Rodgers. I know even though he's not healthy, being able to keep him pinned in in the pocket, I think, is still your best bet. And this one, I, you know, I don't know if you, uh, um, you know, if you if you buy into the Detroit Lions and his newfound running attack, you know, if they can find a way to keep that cranked up with with on Johnson and company, that would be one way uh, to help get yourself a win and keep Aaron Rodgers off the field. So I, I would look at that run game being balanced offensively, and then on the other side. Um, I know even though he's he's a little bit nicked up, I still think Aaron Rodgers can make things happen, and he's special once he extends and moves around. So I'm still trying to keep him hemmed in the pocket. Yeah, I think you have to control him. They have to find a way to control Aaron Rodgers. You heard Aaron Rodgers kind of go on a little uh, rant after the game, talking about he have, they have to get their playmakers the ball, give him more opportunities. And that was funny because Devontae Adams had eight receptions in that game, so I guess he wants him to have 12 to 15 receptions <laughs> at the end. But I think I think it's really all about that, is finding a way to get the ball in the hands of the guys uh, on the perimeter and let them work. And a lot of times the best way for them to do it is to go no huddle, let Aaron Rodgers play at that tempo. How do the Detroit Lions combat that? The one way you can combat it is don't let him get the ball. That goes back to the running attack. Kerryon Johnson, can can they just make him the starter and make him the feature back? I mean, I don't know why we need to see everybody else what playing in the for? backfield. Let's, hey, get, give it to him. We've seen him go over 100. They celebrated ending the streak. Make sure he has an opportunity to – he can't extend the streak because he didn't do it last week, but start a new streak. Let him start a new streak. Vikings at Eagles. All right, rematch. This is the big rematch here of the NFC Championship game. Minnesota only has one win, one, two, and one. Uh, taking on the Philadelphia Eagles, who haven't been that great themselves, sitting there at 2-2. Two and two. So, Buck, uh, the Minnesota Vikings, to get that second win and avenge the loss in the NFC Championship game, they need to do what? Defensively, they got to find their way in the back end. The coverage has not been great. Mike Zimmer talked about after the loss to the Rams, he talked about that this has been the worst coverage that he's seen in the secondary that he's ever coached. And so, to me, that – kind of leads me to believe that they're going to simplify. Simplify the coverage, allow the guys to play fast, lean on the pass rush. And they do miss Everson Griffin. Everson Griffin was their best pass rusher. They miss him off the edge. And so now the guys in the back end are going to have to cover. So Daniil Hunter, Sheldon Richardson, those guys have to be able to create pressure on the passers so they don't have to cover as long. But the secondary has to hold up. They have to hold up their end because the last three or four times that we've seen the Minnesota Vikings, I mean, since that championship game, well, actually since the Saints game last year in the divisional round, they have not been able to cover people. They got to get better. If not, it's going to be a tough time for them to get back in this race as a playoff contender. Especially Alshon Jeffrey back healthy, going to put a lot of stress, a lot of pressure there on that back end. Falcons at Steelers. Atlanta, Pittsburgh. These are two teams that are desperate for their second win. Uh, I mean, I guess I'll throw it to Atlanta. What is the key for Atlanta getting their second win? Yeah, I'll take Atlanta. You take Pittsburgh. Atlanta, Buck, it's just a mash unit there on the back end. I don't know if you want to have a bunch of injuries and be missing some key players in the secondary when you're going up against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, I guess the good thing is Steelers are not really clicking right now offensively, but new names, new faces. Somebody's got to step up there in the back end and make some plays for this Atlanta Falcons secondary. Uh, that, to me, is a big key in this one. I mean, it's a huge key. Um, their defense is working at a deficit. They've lost a ton of playmakers in the back, and defensively just all over every level they're missing uh, key pieces. So that puts more pressure on Matt Ryan and that offense. That offense has been able to put up 35, 36 points at home, but can that offense travel? 
Um, I think they have to play from in front. They got to put up points, and the Pittsburgh Steelers defense has been very, very uh, willing um, <laughs> to give up points and surrender and to make these games shootouts. And so for Atlanta, it's about putting the pressure on the defense by really coming at them and attacking them. And then for the Pittsburgh Steelers, Mike Tomlin has continued to simplify the defense, try and figure out a way to help the corners and the pass rush and everybody on defense play better. They didn't play bad um, against the Baltimore Ravens. You just wanted to kind of see them keep them out the end zone. I think a lot of it goes to the Pittsburgh Steelers offense. The offense has to generate more points. And Big Ben, uh, Ben Roethlisberger got what he wanted. He has the offensive coordinator that he wanted. They're throwing the ball all over the yard, but they're really throwing it to their detriment. This is a team that needs to be balanced. I, I saw a stat. They're throwing on 77% of their plays in the first half. Way out of whack. They have to have some semblance of a running game to then create the explosive passes. And I know everyone was celebrating James Conner early. We're now beginning to see the impact of not having Le'Veon Bell in the backfield. They got to balance it up. They need Connors to be a factor in the run game to help some of the weapons on the outside explode, particularly number 84, Antonio Brown. Cardinals at 49er. Might be considered, uh, is this a toilet bowl game? Maybe it is a toilet bowl game. Arizona at 0-4, San Francisco at 1-3, so we can tackle both these teams here, Buck. Uh, why don't you start with the 49ers and, uh, and what they need to do, try and find their second win, then I'll tackle the uh, the Arizona Cardinals. Kyle Shanahan, gets, he has to scheme it up. He has to scheme it up, do whatever he can do to get C.J. Beathard uh, comfortable. Look, they're, they're working without a lot of playmakers. They're, they're trying to figure it out. Jimmy Garoppolo's on the sideline. And Jimmy Garoppolo was the guy that was elevating the play of the others. Without him, it is now even more important that they operate in a systematic approach. This is Kyle Shanahan really dissecting the Arizona Cardinals defense and finding a way to attack it. They're a little more zone-heavy this season than they had been in previous seasons. Look for him to get some quick rhythm throws. See if he can get C.J. Beathard in the groove. If he can play play at an efficient level, it gives the San Francisco 49ers an opportunity to win a game. And I flip it over to the other side, and I haven't seen this team up close last week in San Francisco. I think there are some some spots in the secondary you can attack. So normally not going to be too aggressive there with a rookie quarterback. I think I might cut Josh Rosen loose this week and let him try and attack a little bit, uh, push the ball down the field against the secondary. There'll be some opportunities and some uh, some plays to be made there. So I'd look for them to say let, let's let let's let Josh Rosen loose a little bit in this one. Let's cut him loose and see what he can do. I think it could be a nice uh, showing there for the young rookie quarterback. All right, Buck, those games, those are our, uh, our pressure cooker games. They're teams desperate trying to find another win uh, on the schedule. Now, on the other side of things, we've got some big matchups here. We've got four matchups featuring teams without a losing record. So these are kind of like the big four. So I thought we'd do the same thing, kind of jump in on these games. These are the marquee games, the games on the headline uh, uh, right there at the top of the list. Can't wait for these. So let's, uh, let's jump in on this list. Let's do it. Dolphins at Bengals. <laughs> Dolphins, Bengals, Buck. What uh, what do you think the uh, the key to this one is? You know, for me, I'm, I'm I'm looking at the Cincinnati Bengals, and I think the Bengals are the NFL's best kept secret. They laid an egg against the Carolina Panthers a couple weeks ago to kind of slow the momentum, bounce back, got a big win on the road against the Atlanta Falcons. And when I look at this team, they have a ton of talent, and outside on the the, the offense. Tyler Boyd and A.J. Green are looking like maybe the best one-two punch in football, and that says a lot because I believe. Uh, Thielen and Diggs are terrific. But the way Boyd and Green are going about their business, they're really in sync with Andy Dalton. Bill Lazor has done a great job remaking this offense, making it really Andy Dalton friendly. Uh, Their ability to score points is critical, and Giovanni Bernard has done a really good job stepping in for Joe Mixon. When Joe Mixon comes back, they have a nice one-two punch in the backfield. 
this offense is good enough to get them there. And then defensively, they get the bully back. Vontez Burfick comes off the sideline serving that suspension. He comes back. Um, look out, Cincinnati's, Cincinnati's loaded. Yeah, the Dolphins are going to have a tough time here because of injuries. When you look at what they've lost, lose start on the defensive front, turn around the next week, lose your center. Um, they are thin in the trenches, and that's not a good sign going up against the Cincinnati Bengals. If the Dolphins are going to win this game, big plays is the only way it's going to happen. They're going to have to try and find a way to get some of their speed. Guys like Jakeem Grant, get them loose a little bit uh, and generate some big plays. Uh, Kenny Sills, just find some way to get some chunk plays and uh, and really cover a lot of ground there. I just don't see down in, down out, man. This is going to be a tough matchup for them, especially on the road against the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, I think it's going to be a tough one. Um, it's, it's, it's a tough matchup for the Miami Dolphins, and their smoke and mirrors passing game was kind of uh, soft and kind of stymied last week by the New England Patriots. Now that they put that on tape, they're going to have a tougher time moving the ball. Ryan Tannehill has to find a way to generate some, some good plays. Statistically, on paper, he's been terrific, but now on the field we need to see him kind of take his game up a notch. Uh, this is a big – I mean, the Miami Dolphins need to get this win. I just don't know if they're talented enough to knock off the Cincinnati Bengals. Rams at Seahawks. This Rams, a- Seahawks, Buck, this is uh, – man, this is going to be uh- – this is going to be a matchup of one explosive offense and, and another offense still maybe trying to find themselves a little bit. Yeah, it is. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it'll be interesting to watch how this, this, this plays out. Um, the Rams can score from anywhere on the field. They do a great job of creating problems while really running the same plays over and over and over again. The jet sweep action, uh, the empty formations, the multiplicity of uh, what they do with the versatile playmakers, they make it really, really tough on the defense. And then with the Seattle Seahawks, I believe they discovered their formula, and the formula for them is to make sure that they run more than they throw. Uh, When their run-pass ratio is over uh, 50-50 in in favor of the run game, they have success. Back-to-back weeks, they had 100-yard rushers. They won those games. It is all about the rushing attempts and finding one guy that can kind of beat the defense up. If they can do that against a Rams team that, man, they score a ton of points, it allowed them to control the game, take it to the fourth quarter, and maybe that's where they're able to win it at home. I, I don't see Seattle slowing down this Rams offense. I think the Rams will roll on that one. Uh, be interesting to watch. All right, what's, uh, what's next here? Redskins at Saints. Redskins may be the big surprise this year, Buck. What do you think about this one? I mean, I, th- this is a great game to watch. Um, the reemergence of Adrian Peterson. Adrian Peterson being able to give the Redskins that vintage running game, being able to kind of slow the game down, take some of the pressure off Alex Smith. He can play uh, in a very, very comfortable role. That works for them. But the New Orleans Saints, I know everyone is is fawning over the Kansas City Chiefs and the L.A. Rams offense. I believe the New Orleans Saints may have the best offense to make it to a Super Bowl. And the reason why is they can throw the ball over the yard. Drew Brees is going to set – the record probably in this game for most passing yards in National Football League history. Um, but then the running game, Alvin Kamara being a guy that has shown that he can handle the workload. But now you get Mark Ingram back. And I said this was the best running back duo of all time. I call them the GOAT. We will be reintroduced to the greatness of 22 and 41. Their ability to run the ball, balance it out, not really put it all on Drew Brees to have to throw for 300 yards makes them very, very difficult. And the discovery of Michael Thomas being a terrific playmaker in the slot, I don't know how anybody slows them down. Man, I think the Saints are really lights out on offense. Jaguars at Chiefs. 
Yeah, this is the main event. This is the main event. And I, we said it already, Buck. Look, if the Jacksonville Jaguars with their defensive personnel cannot slow down, there you go, cannot slow down the Kansas City Chiefs, I don't know if it's going to be done this year. So I think the rest of the league is going to be paying attention to this one to see uh, what the game plan is and how they're going to try and attack this Chiefs offense because nobody has really been able to figure it out. The Broncos slowed them down a little bit, Buck, but when the plays need to be made, uh, Patrick Mahomes and company still found a way to do it. They got the run game cranked up last week. Uh, so to me, it's going to be fascinating to watch that defense work against the Chiefs offense. Oh, it's going to be fascinating to watch. Um, Matchup-wise, I think the Jacksonville Jaguars have the defense to really match up with the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, we saw the Broncos kind of put a little blueprint out there for the first three quarters on how to deal with Kansas City, play a little man-to-man. They were able to generate the pass rush. Uh, the one thing that I think the Jaguars need to add to that, they can rush past the depth of the quarterback's drop, meaning they can't give Pat Mahomes those open lanes where he can run around and make those second reaction plays. Make him sit from the pocket and make him deal. And, look, he's dealt it as well as anybody could deal from the pocket, but you have to make him play that way and then add the sticky coverage on the outside. Kind of beat those receivers up and see if they can get away. You have to make them uncomfortable, throw off the rhythm of the game because if you let them get on the freeway, you let them just kind of run around and make plays, they'll hang half a hundred on the Jacksonville Jaguars. they got to slow it down. they got to beat them up. Have you ever looked at your credit card statement and been shocked by the interest rate? Did you know you can actually roll all of your credit card debt into one monthly payment at a lower fixed interest rate? Lightstream offers credit card consolidation loans from 5.89% APR with AutoPay. That's lower than average credit card interest of over 18% APR. Get a loan from $5,000 to $100,000, and you can even get your funds as soon as the day you apply. Because Lightstream believes that people with good credit deserve a great interest rate and no fees. And now our listeners can get a special discount on top of Lightstream's already low rates. The only way to get this discount is to go to lightstream.com slash sticks. That's L-I-G-H-T-S-T-R-E-A-M dot com slash sticks. Subject to credit approval rate includes a 0.5% auto pay discount. Terms and conditions apply and offers are subject to change without notice. Visit lightstream.com slash sticks for more information. Oh, Buck, we've got to crank here. We've got to crank but we've got to get through these college picks here. Uh, big week, a big week coming up. I'm getting out of the cellar. I can feel it. I feel it in my bones. It's going to happen. And to do it, I'm going to let you run point on this. I want you to rattle off the games, and uh, and I'm going to give you some winners here. I feel good. Okay, I'm glad you feel good about this because I feel great about it. We're going to start off Oklahoma versus Texas. Woo. What's everybody got? I, I want to know what everybody else is doing here before I make my decision here. Okay, so here we go. Ken has Texas. Sully's going with OU for some reason. I'm going to go with OU. DJ, what say you? Oh, Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Give me the fighting Kyler Murray's in this one. Man, Texas. I, uh, Texas is riding a hot streak right now. Coming to an end in, in this one. I, I like uh, I like Oklahoma. What we got next? I thought you had more coverage. Here we go. LSU at the Gators down in the swamp. Ken is going LSU. Sully's going LSU. I am going with the Tigers. LSU. That's oh easy. Come on. Let's move You're on. They just had a big win. Notre Dame at Virginia Tech. You know at Virginia Tech, they're going to play Sandman. It's going to be a night game. It's going to be rocking in that stadium. Kent understand. Oh, my goodness. Ken is going with Notre Dame. Sully's going with Notre Dame. Have some courage. I am going with Notre Dame. Come on, DJ. You can't. You can't go. Oh, wow. Singing the fight song. Notre Dame. You're not even a big fan. Here we yeah, go. Oh, here we go. We got to get our feel of SEC games. We already talked about one. Let's talk about another. Oh, yeah, well, we, got, we got nine SEC games. We got nine we got. SEC games. Here we go. Auburn at uh, Mississippi State. Hail State, as some would call it. 
can't go as Mississippi What happened State? to Penn State, man? I thought Penn State was going to be good this year. They're terrible. What are you talking about? Mississippi I'm going State. Auburn. Give me Auburn. Oh, my God. Sully's going Auburn. You're going Auburn. I'm going Auburn. So Kent is lone wolfing in that game. Oh, this is a rivalry. 80s, 90s, 2000s. Everyone used to love to watch this. Florida State at the U. Wah, wah, wah. Oh, man. Ken is going to U. Sully is going to U. DJ, you're going to U, too? I'm going to U. Come on, man. I think this is the game. I think this is the game that Florida State comes back. Here we go. I believe, I believe they break out the vintage uniforms, not the crazy stuff that they've been wearing. They go back old this. school. I hate this. They go back to the uniform. Deion Sanders uniform. And Florida State beats an overrated Miami team. I'm lone wolfing Florida State in this one. Uh, I got Miami. What we got next? Here we go. Kentucky at Texas A&M. Kent is going A&M. Sully's going Aggies. I'm going with the Wildcats because I played for the Wildcats in high school. What say you? I'm going to go Texas A&M on this one. Oh, uh, Kentucky's good, though. Kentucky's nice. Texas. I like you, Lone Wolf, in that, though. Come on. I'm, I'm fine with that. Maryland at Michigan. Uh, here we go. Kent's going Michigan. Sully's going Michigan. I'm going Michigan. What you got? Oh, man. I'm tempted to tempted to just go out of left field and go with Maryland here because Michigan lets some teams hang around. Uh, no, I'm, I'll go Michigan. Give me Michigan. I don't feel great about it, but I'll go Michigan. All right, here we go. Boston College at NC State. Uh, Kent's going to NC State. Sully's going to NC State. I'm going the other route. I'm going to go with Boston College. I think they're going to run it down their throat. Wow, you are. What's you're lone wolfing it. I'm going to NC State. Buck, you're, you're kind of going for it this week. I admire that. I'm not going for it. That's, only, that's the only game that would be an upset. Florida State. All right, what we got? Arizona at Colorado. Kent's going Colorado. Sully's going with the Sun Devils. I am going with the Buffaloes. What you got? Everything says Colorado. Everything. But hello, I'm picking Arizona State to win this. Come game. on, you, you laughed and at her. My trust. State. You don't even no, like Arizona Give me Manny State. Wilkins and Nikhil Harry. Let's roll. Let's roll. Oh. Uh, I'm going with Arizona State in that one. Oh, okay. That Although the wide receiver from Colorado is the best player in the game. He's. Uh, He's a freak show, man. I mean, they're, big they, time. they're good. That's why they're undefeated. Here we go. San Diego State at Boise State. Boise, 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 Boise. Wow, I, can't go every, I guess all across the board, everyone's Boise. I can't go another upset there. Oh, there you go. Some uh, some college picks. Buck, you could be uh, you could be taking the lead in a big way if you hit some of these lone wolves this I only week. Hit I like a, only had like one lone wolf, right? Like, what, what did I have? Oh. No, you got a couple. Kentucky. Florida State. Kentucky, Kentucky, Florida State, and then Boston College. You got three lone wolves. That's big. Uh, no risk, right, no we biscuit. Gotta, yeah, there you go. No risk, no biscuit. All right, we got to get out of here. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening, for uh, for leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. We do appreciate that. Uh, be sure to check out all of our videos, nfl.com slash mtsvideo, uh, youtube.com slash nfl, and we will catch you right back here next week on Move the Sticks. Catch you next time. Thanks for downloading Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. For more, go to nfl.com slash podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.